So I'm talking to the team here at the Human Events Daily Embassy in Washington, D.C., and they're talking about America Fest. And we said, yeah, we're going, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be wonderful doing the whole week out there. And then they were asking me about it, and I said, whoa, 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 guys, you're coming. We're doing the show from America Fest every single day. And why is that? Because this train has no brakes. We don't even know what brakes are. We don't even think about brakes. Brakes are not even in our metaverse of existence. There are no brakes. The show goes on. I don't care if we have to do the show from the floor itself of America Fest. So if you want to come see us, if you want to come see us do this show live, warts and all, come to America Fest, tpusa.com backslash America Fest, and make sure that you utilize promo code POSO, P-O-S-O in all caps. It gets you the 25% off. It's a great deal. We've talked about everyone is going to be there. Myself, Tucker, Charlie, Candace, Kaylee, huge, huge names, Don Jr., including, by the way, country music artists, Brantley Gilbert, Raylan, Lee Greenwood, God bless the USA. Can't wait for it. My whole family's coming. The whole Human Events Daily team is gonna be there. Come there, see us, say hi, but do not bother me when I am recording this show. Do not even bother me at all. I'm just joking, but no, seriously, don't bother me. Bad things will happen. Uh, <laughs> go to go to AmericaFest, tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest. See you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition, Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Massive, massive show today. I'm not kidding when I say that, so you need to pay attention. This is going to be one of our biggest shows ever. Number one, the FBI has arrested the primary source of the Hillary Clinton campaign-funded Steele dossier. Next, the Kenosha family that is targeting Kyle Rittenhouse. We're going to break down everything that's going on in this. Third, Biden has issued a federal nationwide vaccine mandate. We'll give you all the details. And fourth, Iran says that their Navy foiled a U.S. Navy attempt to steal an oil tanker near the Persian Gulf on the high seas. We'll talk about all this and more ahead. Human Events Daily. All right, now I told you that when we were covering this story, the Durham investigation, that we would pay attention to it and that we weren't gonna do that whole thing where we're going tick-tock, tick-tock, something's coming, something's coming. We were only gonna report to you and focus on it when something actually happened, when traction was attained in this investigation and really in this prosecution. Now we are seeing that. The primary source, the primary source of the Steele dossier, which was funded through Perkins Coy by Secretary Clinton's campaign in 2016, this source was just arrested. His name is Igor Denchenko, and he was the source for Christopher Steele for the entire dirty dossier that was spread through BuzzFeed News, through Jake Taper, through the entire media. This was John Brennan, all the rest of them. This was what was used to smear President Trump's campaign in 2016 and to launch an FBI investigation against him and his campaign, which included FISA surveillance warrants and at the use of confidential human sources, which many people would say were spies against the Trump campaign. This was what started it all. The man who was the source of the Steele dossier that started all of Russiagate was just arrested. Do you understand how big that is? And are you paying attention yet? Listen to Christopher Steele very recently talking on ABC, talk, going on ABC 
and talking about the source. He's, he's very cagey about this. Won't even name the source. Acts like it's all cloak and dagger. Very serious, very serious. Listen to him on ABC talking about this with George Stephanopoulos just recently. Is there one key source you had for this report? There wasn't one key source, I would say. There was perhaps one key collector. What's a collector? A collector is somebody who obviously works for us directly, is paid for us directly, doesn't necessarily have direct access to information, but knows people who do. You can't name this person, but you met with this person in a European city relatively early on. Yep. What did you learn in that meeting? the contents of report 080, I think it was, which are well known to the world. Now, I know I've talked about someone before on Twitter, Technofog. Go and follow Technofog. This guy has been laying it out completely. And he called that most likely Igor Denchenko would be arrested. Now, let's go back and break this down a little bit, give everyone context. Who is Igor Denchenko? So Christopher Steele is hired by Fusion GPS to go and write this dossier about Trump, to dirty him up and to make it look like he has Russian ties. So he goes to Chris Steele. Chris Steele is a former MI6 agent, a high level operative of MI6. He's now hung his shingle out and he's running a new private intelligence agency called Orbis, right? So Fusion GPS in the US goes to the UK, they hire Orbis, which is run by Christopher Steele, and that's why we call it the Steele dossier. But Christopher Steele isn't Russian, so he says, how do I get information about the Russians on Trump? So he goes to a Russian contact of his named Igor Danchenko and says, Danchenko, talk to a bunch of Russians and see what they know about Trump. So Danchenko goes, but who does Danchenko talk to? The people that he talked to were Russian intelligence. So he goes to Russian intelligence assets and uses them and uses others as sources for his dossier. And it's rumors, it's a bunch of crap, it's a load of junk, it's all put together and formulated and it's then synthesized and laundered through steel, through fusion, through Perkins Coy and given to the FBI. That's why someone at Perkins Coy was just indicted. Next. When the FBI under Durham went to investigate Igor Denchenko, he said, look, who's the source of this? We got to talk to this guy. They asked him a question, simple question. Did you have contacts with Russian intelligence in the creation of this dossier? Danchenko told them no. Well, guess what? We later found out that Danchenko did have contacts with Russian intelligence. So you get what's going on here, right? Russian intel, they thought it was a joke. They thought it was hilarious. They said, come up with some junk about Trump and see if these stupid people believe it. They're all getting paid and let's screw around and see if the FBI will go chase their tail against Trump. And they did. And it lasted for years. The media totally lapped it up. And you have to imagine the Russian intelligence officers that were behind this disinformation campaign were laughing all the way through their vodka shots with Putin and all the rest saying, I can't believe these stupid, gullible American elites believe everything we say. Well, Igor Danchenko has now been arrested. The question of course comes, who will he roll on next? Now, I know there was a lot of information in the last segment regarding the Steele dossier, the dirty dossier, and people have been through this a lot, and people know that it's a deep, deep rabbit hole, a lot of weeds, you know, a lot of road to hoe, but 
There's something that I wanna add to make sure everybody understands this that crystallizes our current moment here with the events of five years ago. Who was the person on Secretary Clinton's campaign that set up the entire thing? Now, I'm sure that Secretary Clinton knew every single piece of this, and we'll get to that later, but who was the operative from that campaign that set the entire thing in motion and who championed this thing all the way through? His name is Jake Sullivan. And what is Jake Sullivan up to now? Jake Sullivan serves in the Biden White House as President Biden's national security advisor. Are you paying attention yet? So let's get into this next story because this is something that I think that I'm one of the only people talking about and it actually comes originally from a place called Wisconsin Kenosha County I the Kenosha County Eye out of Wisconsin. A lot of people are asking the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, why is Kyle on trial? All of the evidence shows that this was a clear act of self-defense. The town was under attack. He went in to try to defend it, to try to do the right thing. He was cleaning off graffiti. He was asking people if they need medical assistance. And when he himself was cornered and people had shot at him and someone was going for his gun, that's when he took steps to defend himself. And on this show, Human Events Daily, we released the footage for the very first time ever that the FBI had him and the entire event under surveillance. So why? Why put this kid on trial when we have all of the evidence that's in his favor? Listen to this out of the Kenosha County Eye. Kenosha Mayor John Adaramian. Who is John Adaramian? He was a powerful Kenosha businessman who rose to become a powerful Kenosha mayor and elected leader and politician in the area. He was the mayor since 2016 in his sixth term, his sixth term. He started in 1992. After that, he will have been mayor for 24 years. But most likely, according to the site, he will not be seeking a seventh term because of the immense backlash due to his mismanagement of the Kenosha riots. This is the mayor that let the city burn. He didn't leave. People say he was hiding in his basement. So what's going on? Why, why aren't people putting the blame on him? Well, it's very interesting because it turns out that one of the lead detectives on the case is Detective Benjamin Adaramian who is the nephew of the mayor. And it just so happens that the DA here, the city attorney, is Edward Adaramian, the first cousin of the mayor. They're trying to protect the family. Listen to when Kyle's lawyer brought this up a little bit in court. In this case, on September 23rd of 2020, you got a signed search warrant from Judge Wagner for Gage Grossman's phone, correct? Correct. And that was in preparation for a meeting that was gonna occur on September 24th between yourself, Gage Grosquitz, his lawyer, and members from the district attorney's office, correct? I believe that to be correct, but I was not able to attend that meeting. Okay, who attended it? Uh, Detective Antaramian, and I'm, I'm not sure who else. Okay, but. the meeting was in person? Yes. Okay, so search warrant in one hand, correct? Yes. Telephone of Mr. Grosquitz, presumably in Mr. Grosquitz's hand. Yes. And for some reason, that search warrant was never served on Mr. Grosquitz and his phone taken, correct? Correct. So you have a video from Mr. Grosquitz's phone, correct? 
Correct. But you don't have the download of his telephone, correct? No. And you wanted the download of his phone, correct? Yes. You wanted the information that was in that phone? Yes. You had a search warrant to get all the information in that phone? Yes. And yet you didn't execute it? No, I did not. Okay. Do you know why it wasn't executed? Concerns with Marcy's law. Who had the concerns with Marcy's law? Several of us did. I did. Attorneys did. When you say attorneys, you're talking about Attorney Finger, correct? Correct. Marcy's law is the Victim Rights Amendment, correct? Correct. And have you ever not executed a search warrant because of Marcy's law? No. Okay. This is the first time ever? Yes. Is it the last time ever? I can't foresee the future. I, since that date, September 24th of 2020, to today, have you ever not executed a signed search warrant by a judicial officer of Kenosha County because of some concern of Marcy's law? No. Completely unprecedented. Why was it that Gage Crozenkreutz's phone was not searched? They had the warrant. Why was it that that phone wasn't dumped? Why was his interview not recorded? And the detective says, oh, no, that wasn't me. That was Detective Adoramian. Do you understand what's going on here? It's a family affair. They are trying to make Kyle the scapegoat for the problems, the failures, and the absolute disgusting destruction that took place in Kenosha because of this family letting it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching us, for supporting the investigative work we do. Support us, support this show, support the podcast. Go to MyPillow.com, utilize promo code POSO, up to 66% off for you, your family, your loved ones. Christmas is coming so fast. It's so fast now. It's only, you know, just a few weeks away. Beat the supply chains. Get something that you, the pillows, the towels, they even have the Bible pillows. Pass your traditions on down. That's how we do that. I have the Bible pillow that my son uses. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. We're getting him. Don't tell him, but we might be getting him the Noah's Ark one this, uh, this Christmas. We're going to get into this next story, though. From the White House, we need to tell you about it. It's releasing the details surrounding two COVID-19 vaccination policies. Companies with 100 or more employees are going to have to require workers, workers to be vaccinated or be tested on a weekly basis. Companies will have to provide paid time off for workers to be vaccinated and ensure that unvaccinated workers wear face masks. And workers at health facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid will need to be fully vaccinated, Joe. It also appears uh, that, that the deadline has been pushed back a, a little bit here as well. So uh, the, the original deadline... Uh, was looking at December 8th. Uh, now it's looking like it may get pushed past the holidays here to January 4th. We'll bring you more on this news uh, as we get it. From ABC News, the majority of U.S. workers to fall under vaccine mandate on January 4th. Joe Biden, President Biden, has now issued a new federal rule through OSHA ma uh, forcing, mandating nationwide federal vaccine mandates. What does this mean? Nearly 100 million U.S. workers will be required to get the COVID vaccine by January 4th, with some workers allowed to test weekly under sweeping federal rules released Thursday by the Biden administration that identify COVID-19 as an occupational hazard. The regulations are aimed at healthcare workers and businesses with 100 or more employees, covering two-thirds of the nation's workforce. Two-thirds of the nation's workforce. Businesses that don't comply could be fined $14,000 
per, infract, per infraction per worker, and hospitals could lose access to Medicaid and Medicare dollars. This is part, I love ABC News, this is great, right? It's part of President Joe Biden's aggressive new plan to try and quell a pandemic that's overshadowed his presidency and hobbled the economy. At the same time, the January 4th date is a nod to industry groups that insisted, insisted, I can't talk, insisted the administration wait until after the holidays to impose mandates in the midst of a worker shortage. And this is the, the money line. This is the money line right here. This is good for the economy, a senior administration official told reporters late Wednesday on the rationale for the plan. This is good for the economy. It's good to force federal worker mandates on everyone. Federal vaccine mandates are good for you. They're good for your family. And not only that, they're good for the economy. You just wait, folks. It's going to be so wonderful. Do you like your supply chains now? You'll love your supply chains when vaccine mandates are cracking down on the truckers on the shippers, on federal law enforcement, on local law enforcement, on firefighters, on every single, and don't forget those hospitals. If you like worker shortages at the docks, wait until there's worker shortages in the emergency room. Ladies and gentlemen, this is nuts. And it's completely unconstitutional. It's completely unconstitutional. We've talked about this. It is medical tyranny. You are setting up a medical apartheid state where you're gonna have two classes of people. This is what uh, Jacinda, the Prime Minister of New Zealand was just talking about, you're creating a second class citizen group of people where you're otherizing, polarizing, and demonizing, we've seen Joe Biden do that from the bully pulpit, demonizing this group of people because of their religious beliefs or medical accommodations, that they will be scapegoated for this virus, which came from Wuhan, where we know where the gain of function testing took place, that was funded in part by Fauci and EcoHealth Alliance. We know all of this. And yet Biden won't talk about that. He released the report late last Friday when nobody was paying attention to it. It was Halloween weekend. He doesn't want to talk about that because he wants to blame you. He wants to blame people who have traditional Christian values or traditional American values. He doesn't care about your religious beliefs. He doesn't care about your exemptions. He doesn't care about your medical history. We played the story of the army soldier who was being told that she would be court-martialed if she didn't take it, even though she had a medical situation. This is what an administration does when they have lost the plot and they are giving way to desperation as the Titanic has already struck the iceberg and is sinking. They are rearranging the deck chairs and they're blaming you. This is one of those crazy situations in this story where you've got to watch this video. So I know if you're listening on the podcast, please go and watch the video version of this. Check us out on Rumble. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, Turning Point USA, everywhere. But go and see this because this footage is absolutely, it's insane. It's completely insane. Iran says IRGC, the Iran Revolutionary Guard Corps, foiled U.S. Navy attempt to steal its oil tanker near the Persian Gulf. Uh, this is a write-up in Zero Hedge. A bizarre and dangerous encounter between U.S. Navy and Iranian forces in the Sea of Oman, right next to the Strait of Hormuz, has been revealed this week, which Iranian state TV says took place recently. Iran is alleging that a U.S. warship attempted to steal Iran's oil in the Sea of Oman. Okay, that's not what was going on. But the footage that came out, and this is coming from Iranian media, right? So Media Matters, CNN, etc. I know this is Iranian media, okay? You're going to try to say, oh, but Poso used Iranian media. Shut up. 
This is what people need to see because this is how aggressive Iran is being. Watch this. And the biggest issue for me here, why did the Navy not respond? Why didn't Millie give the order or the co-commander there give the order to respond to Iran? You can't let them treat the US Navy on the high seas like this. Look, I know I say this every day, but this actually was a massive, massive news show today. So please share this one out. It's, it's not even easy to get cram all of that into the 22 minutes that we do here on the show. So be the influence agent, share this out. We are gonna continue talking about this. The Steele dossier plot is unraveling. We're gonna be continuing to talk about the Adoramian family and the way that they targeted Kyle Rittenhouse and the FBI is helping them cover up their misdeeds and what went on. But before we go, it's today's moment of history. Today in 1979, Iran and the revolutionaries there, the Islamic revolutionaries, stormed the U.S. Embassy and began the hostage crisis. 90 U.S. and Canadian hostage members that were held there for 444 days. Took place today, 1979. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.